Off the Pitch, Fridays, 7 to 9 p.m. It is off the pitch <laughs> Friday evening right here on SAFM. Uh, our first conversation tonight. Dumile uh, Group is a, a creative solutions group of companies and their focus is uh, building authentic connections between brands and their desired audience. And of course, uh, the uh, founder of the company, Sibulele Siko Shosha, is on the line right now joining me from Cape Town. How are you doing, Sibulela? Or should Sibu I say let's, just Sibu instead of Sibulele? Let's just say Sibu because... Yeah. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you very much. How's the weather down in Cape Town? It's, it's, we're starting to feel like it, it's autumn. It's autumn. Yeah. Winter's creeping in. I love how everybody's starting to feel like it's autumn when it's literally the last month of autumn. Um <laughs> I'm like, we should be feeling like it's winter, not autumn. Oh, no. It's autumn in Cape Town. Uh-huh. Yeah. I got you. So, Demila Group, um, tell me about the company. When was it founded and what was the intention? Um, I found the company. Oh, gosh, this business has had so many faces. <laughs> um, so, I started Demila uh, Group as Demila Media Consultants. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the former editor of Black Business Quarterly. Yes. And I was, the decision was made at 2 a.m. I was heavily pregnant with my son and I just didn't feel like going to work the next day. (laughs) So um, (laughs) I I just took the skills of, you know, the skills that I had as an editor and started up a content um, production um, company. Content in the sense of it really started as like annual reports, um, internal newsletters and, and, and booklets. And then um, through the years, it's grown to what it has become. Um, I always say when people ask about how I started my business is that there was never a grand plan. Mm. I was just knocked up and tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also, I was at a stage in my career where I didn't really agree with the values of my former employers. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah, it was it was an emotive decision that has grown to what it is today. You know, I found in recent years, talking to a whole bunch of interesting people in uh, creative sectors, that yeah. a lot of the time people, before the word pivot became, you know, the, the, the popular word to use, a lot of the time would literally, people would pivot their lives because of reasons such as that, where, you know, their energies just weren't aligning anymore with what they were doing, or because people needed a bit more flexibility um, and free time and, and following their passion essentially gave them that leeway to run their lives in accordance to how they want to run their lives. So I guess you're uh, not kind of moving with the same energy as your employer and being pregnant and not wanting to go to work is, is good enough reason. Um, look, it was, <laughs> it followed, it was, it, it followed the decision actually, to be honest, was followed from uh, an, a meeting I had with my then HR manager. You want yeah. to call it. And I was asking questions like, okay, so when I've had my child, what are my rights? What do I need to do? And then mm. I asked, I, I remember what triggered me the most. And that answer actually kept me up for a couple of nights because I asked, okay, so should my child get sick mm. and I don't have leave days or whatever mm. left, what happens? Mm. And then her answer was like, yeah, that will be unpaid leave. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, so should my child have a soccer match? Mm. I need to go watch soccer. What needs to happen? When I think what got me was that whole, 
I need to fill in a form to get the right to have the freedom of time to be a present mother. I was like, nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, no, yeah, no, it's not, no. And then from there, um, literally at 2 a.m., I had already, you know, built up a, a healthy um, little black book of, mm. of contact for my time as, as, as a magazine editor. I drafted a one-pager, emailed it to people, that listen, this is my business, this is what I do, give me money. It wasn't that easy because it was during the global financial crisis, so yeah. never make life-changing decisions when you're pregnant, basically. <laughs> but the best times to make them is when the world is going through crises. Uh, she is a writer, she is uh, also a TV producer and an entrepreneur, uh, and as you've heard, she was at the helm of Black Business Quarterly. At one point, she was also the free, uh, she was freelancing for Move Magazine, amongst a plethora of other things, content management, um, and pursuing a degree in international relations, politics, and media studies. And now, Dumila Brand boutique is out there offering solutions. I'm intrigued by how you've positioned the company as a creative solutions group of companies that's focused on building authentic connections between brands and their desired audience. So what does that mean exactly? What do you guys do? Um, what we believe as an agency is that every brand has a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what actually attracts brands, businesses to their desired audiences. It's really not the services provided, mm-hmm. but the trend has changed um, recently and over the years to people want to be attracted to the values that a brand have, has. Mm-hmm. People want to be, um, you know, feel a connection with the story. And what we found that, especially with um, corporates and, and most SMEs, the focus is always on this is what we can offer, this is what you can buy. Mm-hmm. It's not really about who we are, what we are about, what we believe in, you know, mm. why you should, because everything now, as you mentioned, it's energy, it's flowing, you know, why should you um, come with us on this journey of building a business or getting our product or getting our service? Mm. So Creative Solutions basically is how we, I think, think the best word is package, how we package brand conversations with audiences. Okay. So, you know, the, as the epicenter of our, how we execute our creative solutions is through storytelling. Mm. And I think it's, that's how, that, that, that opened up other opportunities, such as, you know, um, getting opportunities for TV production, getting, you know, because the epicenter of the business is storytelling, but also storytelling with an intention of, creating a connection that, you know, is sustainable between a brand slash a business and its audience. I got you. So as we speak brands and and finding creative solutions for brands to communicate uh, with their audiences and be in touch with their consumers, uh, what is at that sort of, or rather, what is at the epicenter these days of what brands are looking for? Because I feel like we, we're all having these conversations about brands and everyone's trying to unpack brands. But it's such a broad word, just the word brand itself and how you, you, you use it as a pronoun and as an adjective. Uh, 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 but at the epicenter of it, what are brands looking for? Um, look, what, what, what of our, our beliefs as an agency is that a brand is merely a dream with a pulse. Uh-huh. You know, because everything starts, you might think your idea is great, I might think my idea is great, the third person might think that 
we're not so great. Mm. So how do how do you best articulate the dream that you have for yourself or your business and make sure that you can, you know, create compelling conversations and also a compelling engagement? Mm-hmm. Um, as I said earlier on, storytelling is at the epicenter because it, it especially during this time, you know, everyone, there's, there's the whole world is recovering from COVID financially. Yeah. And, and people individually are going through their own journeys with this pandemic. The only thing that really gives them hope is, you know, a story of persevering or mm-hmm. a narrative of overcoming. Mm. Uh, that just doesn't come organically. It needs creative and communication specialists to craft, you know, more positive, um, more positive narratives and more po- positive stories. Um, one of the other things that I... I you know, I'm a one-person party for this, but it's fine. <laughs> One of the things that I, I like to advocate for is is diminishing guest culture. Because mm-hmm. um, we have to be honest, the creative and, and advertising space is very white and very male. Yeah. And I've been in boardrooms where I get asked, Oba, what would your people do to, you know, like this can of beans? Mm-hmm. The mere fact that it's 2021 and an exec in a big company says your people is a problem. Yeah. It means that the messaging that people get is from people who guess the mm-hmm. kind of messaging that they should get. So I find that transformation within within the South African creative economy is, is very slow. And that's why we find a lot of our people being misrepresented and ill and ill represented um through what is being consumed. And what people don't understand is that our industry is responsible for how um, communities view themselves. Of course, you know, and um, it's not we, we can't we can't really play with that because you know, as I said, I've got I have I now have a eleven year old son who mm. consumes the same media that is going to contribute towards how he identifies with himself. Mm. Um, so brands have a bigger responsibility than just um, you know tapping into the consumerism element of it. There's there's a whole part of like identity and also um, connection that that I feel like at times is, is being missed because yeah. we just focus on the consumerism element of it. You bring up an interesting uh, point, uh, Sibulele, because you know one of the things that through my studies that that's always been highlighted in sociology is the fact that broad broad based media forms one of the four pillars of socialization. Um, in terms of socializing young ones and and whole communities and whole societies and and oftentimes as you've just rightfully said we forget that it it has such a primary and a prominent role um, in who we are as people right up there as important as family and peers Um, so tell me about just to sort of Diverse a little bit because we don't have a lot of time. So part of this conversation on brands and, and, and brand engagements, you brought up compelling engagements as part of the thing that you do at uh, Dumele uh, Brand Boutique. Uh-huh. Now, I'm interested, I'm always interested in the conversation of social media and how people engage social media, especially in these times. It, it's a it's a runaway train that everyone is trying to understand, but everyone is 10 steps behind. Uh-huh. How do brands, we see a lot of these engagements. You go on Instagram, you see people, you know, they're posting, it's paid for partnership, it's this, it's that and the other. And mom and dad are probably sitting at home so confused, the generation behind, like, how are you making money from this thing? But Uh how do brands actually 
gauge? What is the metric, if there is a tangible metric, for whether or not social media engagement and social media um, campaigning and presence for, for brands is actually a viable tool and yields results? Um, it's, it's, I call it the three C's. It's conversations, connections, and content. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's what has contributed towards the, 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 the tremendous growth of the influencer market or mm-hmm. culture. Is mm-hmm. that, you know, you find a Bridget or you find a Simulele that is an attainable brand because last week when Kulena Yipas and she is telling me how I can use a product which I A, can aspire to afford mm-hmm. later on, or B, can buy but don't know how to use. Yeah. So it, it actually cuts down then on the whole aspirational celebrity unattainable to the girl next door, mm-hmm. you know, your cousin's friend. So as I said, there's a trend now of people of brands wanting people to connect with values or people wanting to connect actually with brands through values. Yes, yes. So it's easier to do that with people who are attainable. You know? I see. So if, if, if there's a if there's a Bridget and I've, you know, watched her from being in South Africa and now I'm like, yo, if she's got that bar of soap, I definitely cannot afford it. Mm. Or the second, the secondary perception would be like, ah, no, she's just getting paid for that bottle of soap. She doesn't really use it at home. Mm, mm. But if there's a simulele that you caught her bus with, yeah, it's you know, it's like, ah, I remember her. She went to this high school. Oh, Sham, she also uses it. Okay, let me give it a try. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, um, influences now and people actually connect and have real, real. Well, it's curated, but yeah. <laughs> who create who create a perception of having real experience with products. Um, makes it easier and contributes directly to the bottom line. Uh-huh. So that at the end of the day, everyone wants to get their sell their service or get their product bought. Yeah. So the, the the social media and influencer element of it gives it a human element and not an aspirational and unattainable element. So um, we are going to be seeing a lot of growth and and also, you know, different trends within the social media space based on that. Is that um, consumers are clever now. They want to connect. Yes. They don't just want to know that it's five ninety nine. They want to know how it was made. True. What values behind it, and then they find a lifelong connection to it. And it, it also look, it's not it's nothing new. Um, there's certain toothpaste brands now that whether you buy brand A or brand X, mm-hmm. toothpaste is going to be called that brand. <laughs> Very true. You know, so and, and it's because of the connection and it's because of the story and it's because of the feelings that people have with their brand experiences. And it's all about authenticity, I think, as more and more consumers really want to know the realness of, of, of brands holistically. Um, just as a final parting shot, uh, uh-huh. this is your space. What is the future for South African brands? Africa is hot at the moment. Uh, continentally, we are just those kids to the world. We are the cool kids right now. I mean, oh. we know we've always been. The world is just waking up to it. So- yeah, no, we, we're fashionable now. Yeah. Um, one thing we mustn't lose is authenticity mm-hmm. because we don't have to be too African to tell a, an African story. Yeah. We don't have to have that deep 
Kunta Kente-ish accent now all of a sudden because everyone is looking at us. Mm-hmm. There's, there's texture, there's culture, there's richness in Usimulele from a Kailita. You know, and I can tell a Kailita story better because that's where I grew up. Yeah. Some who grew up in Mlazi could, you know, so there's, there's an opportunity now for us to showcase and celebrate the different layers of what brand South Africa is or broad brand Africa is or what brand blackness is. Yeah. Uh, and it all has to stem from a place of authenticity. Beautiful stuff. Uh, Sibulele, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, engage us on this Friday evening. That was uh, Sibulele Siko Shosha, who is uh, in Cape Town. She's an entrepreneur, writer, and TV producer. She is the founder of uh, Dumila Group, uh, bringing us to just a few seconds before 22, 8 o'clock.